the CPP Group podcast here at the European Parliament in Studio One on Farm to Fork uh, and the future of farming. What is the impact of the Farm to Fork uh, policy that is uh, being debated right now? How green is green? Um, the EC European Commission Farm to Fork strategy that's proposed uh, sets targets, including cutting pesticide use in half. Uh, and reducing the use of mineral fertilizers by, by 20%. This is what we want to talk about. What is the impact uh, both on farmers and on consumers? What does that mean? Um, and uh, there, there is plenty of uh, world global competition as well. I mean, I might just uh, mention this uh, Politico uh, newspaper uh, report on the food fight between the U.S. and the EU over the future of, of, of green farming. Um, and so joining us is uh, Helbert Dolfman, a member of the European Parliament, EPP Group Coordinator uh, of the Committee on Agriculture and Rural Development and co-rapporteur, co-author of the Parliament's report on uh, the Farm to Fork strategy. You are a background uh, agronomist, so you know what you're talking about. And welcome, uh, uh, Chris Christian Henning, who is Professor and Chair of the Agricultural Economics uh, Department at the University of Kiel in Germany, and uh, Susanna Suonio, uh, a potato, onion, and pea farmer from southeastern Finland. You can't get more real than that. Now, welcome to you all, and I'd like to go first uh, to the professor, uh, Christian. Um, now, there's a lot of demands by, by people to uh, talk about the impact, to study what the potential impact is of this farm-to-fork strategy, and you've done that. Um, tell us what you found out. Yes, well, in a nutshell, um, this uh, farm-to-fork strategy has proposes five measures, um, which are all in different ways um, uh, correspond to production restrictions. And uh, because of this, of course, we see the study shows this, a sharp and significant uh, reduction in European Union um, agriculture supply, which is roughly 20% uh, for major products like beef, pork, cereals, and oilseed, a little less for vegetable and fruit, and also for, for dairy. Because of this domestic supply cuts, we see um, um, a reduced uh, increase in domestic farm prices, which are quite high, extremely high, ranging from 60% for beef over roughly 50% for pork and then go down for something like 17, 12% for oilseed and cereals, which is really sharp. On the other side, one has to see that on the non-EU market, these price cut um, increases are uh, not that high and ranging all below 10%. And so there is a discrepancy between international and uh, domestic European prices. Now, by, by the prices, we also see sharp decrease in net exports. The net export position for some commodities like beef and also cereal turns from a net export position to a net import position. These are really drastic and important changes. And this also reflects now welfare changes in, in the farm sector, basically. And uh, surprisingly, but the, because of this high price increases, we see, in fact, in total, an increase in farm profits. But this is asymmetrically distributed between crop farmers and animal livestock farmers. So we see an increase for livestock farmers, mainly beef and dairy. But we see a decrease of roughly 25% in the farm, by the farm to fork uh, implementation for crop 
and cereal producers, for, for example. And on the positive side, we also look at this, at the study, we have an increase in the ecosystem services. So on this environmental impact, this is a major green goal, goal which we want to achieve in agriculture. And here we see significant positive impact if it comes to nitrogen pollution. So the balance is reduced as targeted by 50%, a little bit more, but we do not so, see so much or some um, lower impact on greenhouse gas emission. And this is mainly due to two things. First, in the, the land use change, which is induced um, by the farm to fork strategy and brings a reduction from this positive impact of reduction by agriculture production. So we have a land use change away from grassland and we have especially a land use change away from forest land turned into agriculture land. And this has a negative impact on um, carbon storage. And the second important thing is that we have the so-called leakage effect because of the production cut Cuts production, agriculture production is partly transformed into non-EU countries, and there, of course, it's also inducing further greenhouse gas emissions. So basically, if the study comes to the final result, if we take everything into consideration, if we get a positive impact by 30% cuts of greenhouse gas emission in EU agriculture, but this is counteracted, so to say, by additional 50% um, of these cuts are getting back because of land use change in the European Union, and another 50% is the counterbalanced by this mm. leakage effect. So, 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 Christian, the impact. so Christian, what, um, what do you suggest? How should then the farm to fork strategy be changed to make more sense to you? Yes, so um, um, it, it, it should be changed in, in different ways. The major thing is that um, we have to come up with the agriculture policy setup, which really targets specifically the ecosystem services, the EU society mm. demands, which is already done. And this is where the F2F farm to fork strategy is efficient by nitrogen pollution, but this is not done by greenhouse gases. And so maybe um, we, we should take a further look in, into this. One, one option would be, for example, in including agriculture into the permit trading system for, for greenhouse gases. Oh, the yeah. study looks also into this. And another thing where we need to invest is definitely to get a, a more scientific background if it comes, for example, to pesticide cuts and the impact on biodiversity. There, not much is known yet, and so basically, a just broad cut of these pesticides will not be very um, efficient and not not effective. So mm -hmm. here, we we need to counteract this. And and okay. the second thing where the the agriculture policy um, setup should look at is that we have to take care that everyone, the farmers and consumers, really um, benefit um, from um, this um, transformation of the farm sector. And uh, just doing this by regulation, just putting additional constraints on the farm sector will not do mm. the job. The study clearly shows this. So we need some mechanisms that the farmers really contribute and get benefits from the additional ecosystem services they are going to provide. Okay, Professor, that was uh, quite a comprehensive there. Now, uh, I would like, before I go to Susanna, I want to get just quick feedback from Helbelt. What do you think about that impact report? What Do you agree that... Um, with the proposed changes, modifications that Christian just suggested? Well, this we will see in the next years. Uh, mm. I share most of the um, opinions from this uh, from these studies and of 
the results of this study, but I think it's difficult to, um, to, to predict today what will change on the market because this depends clearly on a lot of factors, for example, on the dairy sector. Mm. Uh, it is clear that if an intensity needs to go down because okay. of, of less nitrogen, it's clear that in some regions of Europe, uh, the stocking density needs to go down. Okay. But at the same time, it may happen that with a higher milk price in other parts of Europe, farmers start to produce milk or they produce more than today. So it may be that we have a different distribution of milk production in Europe. And this, by the way, would be positive. Mm. I think what at least me and in my report, which will vote uh, next week, um, say very clearly, um, reduction, yes. But we need to give in the hand of the farmers alternatives. Uh, the farmers are not so eager to use pesticides or antibiotics or fertilizers if they have other possibilities. Alternatives. And uh, there's, for example, on the fertilizer side, uh, precision agriculture can give a, a very mm -hmm. important contribution. On, uh, on the pesticide side, we need more new, pe uh, not more new pesticides um, and the research on, on, on new pesticides which are less uh, impacting uh, mm -hmm. the environment. We need more, uh, maybe, and also this we write on, uh, I write on my report, we need uh, new uh, um, uh, methods in breeding. We need new plants because if mm. a plant is re uh, resistant to a, to, uh, to a, to a pest, uh, I do not use, need to use pesticides anymore. Right, we see on antibiotics, for example, we have member states which had in the last years a very, very good uh, way down on the use of antibiotics. Other member states do not have this. So it, it's and keeping keeping the, the animal production. It's mainly a problem for chickens or and, mm. and, and for, for 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 pork and uh, maintaining production. So it is possible. I would not be so so negative. I say no. it is clear that we need to change, but we we need to have Alternatives. To see, to see, right? We need okay. to have alternatives. Yeah. We need to see what happens on the farmer's side. Mm. And I agree, fully agree with the study. The only fact that um, we will have a, degree, a decrease in production does not mean that we will have a decrease on impact, as rightly has been said. Mm -hmm. This may be positive for the farmer because on some products we have simply too much on, on the market, if I think about milk, for example. Yeah. Some, some percent less of milk production in Europe for the farmers would not be so negative. And the, the price of the, the, the food price or the price at the farm gate is not the price in the supermarket. So an no. increase of, for example, 10% or 20% on the wheat price does not mean that bread becomes 20% more expensive yeah. because the wheat, the price of the wheat is 10% of the price of the of the <laughs> of the bread, so yeah, it's not yeah. it's not it's not that easy to say. No. Uh, we need to see see the whole chain. Yeah, yeah. You, you mentioned about uh, we have to see what happens on the farming side. Well, we we have what happens on the farming side with Susanna, uh, who with her husband grows potatoes, onions, peas, and other vegetables uh, in southeast Finland. Um, Susanna, tell us uh, from your perspective uh, what. Um, uh, the role of pesticides and fertilizers have in your farm, and uh, with this call to cut pesticides in half, what what concrete impact would it have? Uh, how could you adapt to it, or what are the limits for you? 
Well, it's not a secret. Yes, we use uh, pesticides and fertilizers because there is a meaning for those. Uh, by using fertilizers, we want to ensure that the quality of the uh, harvest and potato especially needs uh, main and micro fertilizers mm. uh, to get those features which are typical or are different varieties. Um, the fertilizers, which I already mentioned, uh, also make sure that the balance of the land what we use remains. Uh, we could think it like this: we we give what we take, uh, no more or less. Uh, the pesticides, potato plate is a huge problem in yeah. potato sector. Perfect temperature, right amount of moist in growing season. Uh, it could ruin the whole whole uh, uh, field in a very short time. Mm. Uh, you asked if we would uh, cut half of the use. I actually don't know what would happen. Um, I know that we couldn't be sure anymore uh, how much we uh, could harvest potatoes in autumn and how much of that we could sell to the consumers because the quality aspect is uh, very important. Mm -hmm. If you sell once <laughs> bad tasting, weird looking products, second selling time is very, very difficult. Uh -huh. But also there is the uncertainty of the yearly income. Uh, yeah. We have already shared the risk of dividing growing plants and we have crops, like you mentioned, uh, onions, uh, vegetables, peas, because if one sector uh, doesn't succeed, other supports those. And uh, like uh, Mr. Dorfman uh, already said that farmers are very keen to find uh, different ways to uh, cut the use of pesticides. Uh, we have done that and it have been our own choice and the use uh -huh. at this moment is the need based. Right. So how much by how much over how much time have you been able to cut your use of pesticides? Uh, last 10 years. In the last 10 years, how much have you cut your use? Uh, Roughly. I could say that, uh, 30, 40%. 40% like already in 10 years. Yes. So there's already an effort being made. On among farmers uh, like yourself, um, and if, if you had to be pushed a little bit further, I mean, there's also the common agricultural policy that is supposedly aimed uh, at um, helping farmers make that transition to a greener kind of agriculture. Do you see that as a a way to help you? I don't know. Uh, that uh, could the common agricultural policy uh be modified in a way so that it helps you uh ad adapt to more stringent measures or how much further can you go in cutting in cutting the use of pesticides uh we are not bio produce producer we we want to make sure the quality by using those yeah uh i think uh, there should be a little bit more concrete and statistic in this common policy. Okay. And, and, and what, about, what about precision agriculture, as Helbert was mentioning? How much could you um, make things more efficient and, and not have to use 
as much pesticide and fertilizers. Um, how much? What do you envision there on the ground in in Finland? If we would increase the crop rotation till six years, I think we could use less. Hmm. But I don't know. Is that is that wise? Because we already have uh, 30, 34 hectares of land, mm -hmm. and there is two two people to work in here. Yeah. Uh, we should perhaps get more help. And yeah. in these prices, there is it's not so in, in price. So you're talking price supports then maybe. Um, Christian, can yeah. I come back to you? Uh, the the some of the solutions that that help it was making and and some of the things that Susanna was talking about um, can you take those on and, and and tell us how maybe the farm to fork policy could be adapted with those in mind with with new pesticides with precision agriculture uh, with new plants um, and and taking into account the uncertainty of income for farmers like Susanna. Yes, um, I, I think uh, one thing which is important is that we really get a different perspective on, on this and, and, and then we can also take the farmers on, on board. Basically, what, what is supposed here is that there, is, there are some additional commodities um, which are these ecosystem services which are produced by the farmers and in a way. And now technologically, if you are producing another commodity, of course, normally you have to reduce what you produce now. Yeah. And so um, the important thing is that we see it like this. That's my suggestion. And, and then it's clear that the farmers are paying for what they are producing. So if they are reducing pesticides, maybe if we can prove this, this is good for biodiversity, then um, by doing this, they are reducing their own production, as just explained by Susanna. But then, of course, they have, because they are delivering now in another commodity, these ecosystem services, they have to be paid. So then the income effect um, is, um, in, in, in a nutshell, easily taken care of, and that's important, and also the risk. So if we do not know exactly how high these production cuts and profit losses are, then by just paying directly for this additional ecosystem services mm -hmm. will stabilize the, the income. And we are talking about here a little bit David and Golia, David and Golia, because the society, just to put it in perspective to our results, are just um, having total cost um, is something like 0.3% of total income uh, or less than 3% of food production. Now, but uh, what is at risk at the farm side, if they really have to take the complete cost, and then and we don't have anything over market price effects going back to the farmers, if we would do this, then we are talking about cuts of uh, easily and um, 40%. Of income, so so this is really a little bit unfair. And now, just to 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 go forward, what we are suggesting is that we are really um, implementing measures which take care that farmers are definitely and securely paid for this additional ecosystem services. Mm. And uh, by this, we also get incentives, and um, and that they are willing and searching for innovative technology to improve both conventional yeah. farm production and sustainable. And ecosystem services. Well, and this is the solution which we made in the report. Yeah, well, that's yeah, exactly. That, that that's where they need help from from that side. What about the consumer, Helbert? What about the impact on the consumer and 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 how they need to adapt or the the impact of these policies on consumer prices? Well, indeed, this is as the name says, it's a farm to fork strategy. Exactly. So it's a strategy for the whole 
food chain sector. And we always have, and the strategy itself, and I criticize this more than once, is very much focused on the farm side. And also our debate here is very much mm. focused on the farm side. But we need to see the whole chain. Yeah. And we need to see that in the whole chain, there is an unbalanced distribution of value. Mm. I give you an example. I'm coming from a region where a lot of apples go. If these apples leave my region packed, produced and packed for less than one euro, but here in the supermarket in Brussels, these apples are two euro 99. So this means that for less, less than one euro, I have to produce the apple. I have to store it. I mm -hmm. have to pack it and I have to transport it. And then there is somebody who is putting this apple in the supermarket and is earning three times more than all the things happened before. Mm -hmm. There is a problem on this, and we need to see how to balance better the, the value in, this, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the food chain to give a bit more on the farmer side. And then there is the consumer. And I have the impression that very often, not, not everybody, but there are consumers which are asking for more organic food, for more sustainable food, for more yeah. local food. There's a growing market and, for and that. This is yeah. a growing market, yeah. fortunately. But there are also a lot of people who are asking for this and then they go to the supermarket and they, com uh, they behave completely differently. Hmm. They do not buy. Because one. of the prices. Or because what? of the price and yeah. because of offers and so on and yeah. so forth. And I do not criticize this. Everybody takes his decision. But the consumer needs to be aware that he, is the, he or she is the main driver of, of, a chain, of, of a change in the food chain. Because if the consumer is willing, for example, to buy organic food, why the, the farmer should not produce it? If the consumer wants food from integrated pest management, management, why the consumer, uh, why the farmer shouldn't do it. But the, yeah. the consumer needs to be aware that, as uh, also the Susanna said before, all these efforts has, have a cost. Yeah. And these costs need to be paid. It's too simple to say to the farmer, um, produce in a different way. This way may be more, more expensive, but this is up to you. This way is, <laughs> is too different. This yeah. uh, is, 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 is a wrong approach. And this, unfortunately, happens much too often in our political debate today. Yeah, I, I might mention you also used to represent a farmers association, so you were very much in touch with farmers on the ground. Can I go to Susanna? Back to Susanna. What about you? You sell directly to, to consumers. Your, your customers, you sell directly to them. How sensitive are they to price increases right now? Well, um, we sell in Lapanta Marketplace main our products. Uh, I think they are quite understanding uh, because the quality and the taste means more than the price. Okay. Uh, uh, people in there are really interested where and how the products are produced and where they are grown. And, and the selling happens without middle hands, so the farmer gets the whole amount of, uh, of the price. Mm. And uh, also the feedback comes directly to us. So we can react quickly if there is something problem in the product. Right. Uh, but selling in market uh, is difficult because quite often the price and uh, amount are already agreement. So increasing the price in middle of the season is difficult impossible mm -hmm. uh, uh, if the producer price in potato for example would increase 
that 15% that Dr. Henning said, mm. um, it would mean something like seven cents in, in sold potato kilo. Yeah, what, would, what impact would then that have on, on your sales? Um, maybe we could breed a little bit easier. Yeah. But unfortunately, I'm pessimistic. In past 20 mm. years, I haven't seen any increase at all in potato sector or vegetable sector. And, but I really would like to see if COVID-19 or this farm to fork would do it. I don't know. I hope it. Yeah. I think, um, unfortunately, we need to wrap this up very soon. And, and how about you need to get, get on to another uh, meeting. But let me ask you, because, uh, the, because of this, this vote next week on, on, this, on this farm to fork that you co-authored, taking all this on board, um, how optimistic are you that this farm to fork can, everybody wants it, but they want it in a different way. How optimistic are you that this can help to address both the concerns of the, uh, of the environment, the farmer and the consumer? It's quite a balance to strike, isn't it? Yes, for sure. Yeah, we will have to vote uh, next week, and I hope uh, there will be a majority for the for our report. I think the report is quite balanced on it. This the report says clearly that we need uh, our cooperation of the the whole chain. Um, we need to end this blaming farmers. This very often happens today. Mm -hmm. uh, also, this idea with some sometimes is around to say, ah, the farmers can reduce the pesticides for fifty percent. Yeah, this. They can do it. They have another possibility, as our farmer said. They do not use pesticides because they like to use it. They use it because they need to use it, mm. uh, and they need to protect their plants. And if I think they are the first ones, if they have other possibilities to uh, to use other possibilities, because by the way, fertilizers, pesticides, and antibiotics are also costful, uh, are also costly. So they need they increase cost of the production. Indeed. So we need to we need to this to end this this this. Uh, completely this continuous bashing of farmers that we have very often today also on the, on the media um, and we need to understand that we need an, a, a chain approach if this strategy this is the positive idea I have is this, if this strategy helps to um, make the consumer understand that high value uh, nutrition is important and to make the consumer understand that maybe he needs to spend a bit more for right. his nutrition, I think this, this strategy can give a very important contribution because I personally think the farmers are not interested in a cheap food chain. They are yeah. interested in a high-value chain. Right. And whatever we can do to come to consumers, more consumers in a high-value chain, and we have an increasing, I see a lot of young people who are willing to spend uh, for food. If, uh, if, if we can increase uh, these people who are willing to spend on food, I think the strategy can also give a really good, uh, positive contribution. Albert, good luck on the vote next week. Hebel Delfman, MEP uh, of the EPP Group, coordinator of the Committee on Agriculture and also the co-rapporteur, co-writer of the Parliament's report that's going to be voted on on Farm to Fork. Our thanks also to Professor, Professor Christian Henning and to Susanna Suonio. Thank you very much for joining us and all for all of you having listened to this uh, podcast. Uh, uh, you can catch it again on uh, eppgroup.eu uh, as well as uh, follow the group on Twitter, 
Facebook and Instagram, at EPP Group. And uh, my name is Chris Burns. Thanks for watching, and see you next time.